Hi friends, welcome to the Artist's Blend. Today we're going to be talking about film production and all that comes with it. So grab your mug and let's get talking. All right, we have McLean McKinney with us today. Hi, McLean. Well, hey, Easton. Hey, Austin. What's going on? We are so excited to have you here. Um, short little tidbit. McLean is actually part of the reason that we have the podcast because uh, during, it was last fall, we were in the middle of a hurricane season and I got holed up at his house with, it was me, me and my wife and him and his wife and a friend of theirs and we were in this house together for like three days and he showed me that there was so much more to the world than Keurig coffee. <laughs> and it was around that time that me and Austin started talking about the podcast that we had already been thinking about. And um, so glad you're here. And we have a little full circle moment this way, which is fun. Yeah, for sure. I'm honored to introduce you to a world beyond Keurig. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers yeah. to that, yeah. Cheers indeed. So our coffee today is from my beloved mother. Uh, she gifted both of us a coffee brand called Endeavor Coffee Roasters. And they literally, everyone, have a blend of beans called the Artist's Blend. They sure do. Nice. And it was a really cool full circle from my mom to give to both of us. Uh, she was like, I don't know how, if everyone who has listened knows about our buy me a coffee link. She's like, I don't know how to do that. So I'll just buy you some beans. <laughs> that way you guys can make it. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. Um, the profile of it is bold cocoa, nutty brown sugar flavors, which kind of just entails all that we are in this podcast we're we're nutty we have sugar <laughs> we, we love it um, and we like cocoa it's we do yes <laughs> um this uh coffee company is really really cool they're located actually here in tennessee they're from danfridge um yeah. and a portion of the purchase helps families in need and basic like housing clean water and education so not only is it a good company it has yeah. good coffee uh we'll talk about that at the end but uh, they're also a proud community sponsor and partner with Helping Hands Grateful Hearts, which is their organization. And if my understanding is correct, I could be wrong. Um, they started this coffee company for that purpose, was yeah. for the proceeds and everything to go to Helping Hands Grateful Hearts. Uh, so all around great people. Yeah. Thanks, Mom, for the coffee. She's a listener. Yeah. So <laughs> she'll hear about this. We're actually talking to uh, Kevin right now, who started Endeavor. Um, and we're in talks about some partnership stuff. So you'll probably be hearing uh, a lot more from Endeavor mm -hmm. Coffee and their mission. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to yes. drink this coffee today. McLean, what are you drinking? I'm drinking kombucha today. So yeah. nothing nice. crazy, nothing fascinating. The, the wildest part of this journey is actually that I cut out coffee. Really? So, you know, I was the one who to introduce you and bring you into the coffee realm. I'm the one, the first one to get out. No way. And <laughs> yes. And so for four-ish years, wow. um, I just got into this rhythm and this routine of not sleeping. Mm -hmm. And so every morning, 4.30 uh, would hit and I'm up. And and at first I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm just a morning person now. But it didn't matter what time I'd go to bed. I would be up at 4.30 and it just became a headache. So what what would be happening is in my mind is like these – I'd be wheeling with all of these different things, things I needed to do, things I needed to focus on, things that like could potentially happen. Mm. Uh, and, and 
And so what I started to do is watch Planet Earth. And mm. David Attenborough's voice just put me to sleep. And like that, <laughs> it literally did it. It like it put me back down. And so this this goes on for years. It turns in, uh, and I'm testing all these different things. I'm, I'm questioning, you know, maybe it is um, my diet. Maybe it is like my sleeping environment. Is it cold enough? Are there LEDs? Um, or, um, you know, maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's something I'm eating beforehand. And it took four years to just be like, okay, I think I'm going to cut out coffee. I had several different conversations of people who mm. had just had great side effects from cutting it out, switching to decaf. And I was like, you know what? Let me, let me actually try this. And before this, I was a snob about it. Like I, I would not drink Keurig <laughs> coffee. Um, and I, if I didn't know the roaster yeah. Yeah. or wasn't familiar with or didn't smell good or the beans like didn't, didn't just look right, it, it wasn't for me. And yeah. um, <laughs> so it finally uh, took me cutting it out completely to, to get back to a normal sleeping pattern. And uh, I'm really grateful. I've mm. been sleeping through the nights now. It's totally different. It's totally changed. Nice. And I think what it was is That's like awesome. maybe from more of a scientific realm is that um, my job is a naturally stressful job. Like what I have to think about mm. with mm. what I do is essentially what could go wrong and then anticipating and planning for that. And so, like, it is mm. my job to essentially be anxious. I've never felt more seen. And to, to, <laughs> you could say proactive, yeah. but to me, it's like, right, isn't anxiety just forward thinking and worrying about what could happen? And so, um, yeah, it was that on top of the coffee that essentially I think was frying my adrenal glands over the years. Mm. And so totally getting mm -hmm. out of it, it's been transformative. The hardest part, the hardest part is just the morning. Yeah. When you want to have, a good cup of coffee mm -hmm. when i'm making my wife's cup i you know <laughs> i might still have my sip tax yeah yeah uh, but but it's that's the hardest part of the entire thing is that you just crave it yeah it's true it's true yeah 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 i think there was there was one time where um i i had gone on the stint of having a cup every single morning for a while and then one day in the middle of the day, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have an awful headache. Why, why do I have a headache right now? And I realized, shoot, I didn't drink coffee this morning. Yep. <laughs> and so I, I, at this point, am just conscious of, like, breaking it up. But other than that, I thankfully haven't dealt with any, any sleep side effects or anything. Yeah. I can honestly drink a cup at, like, 6 p.m. and, and maybe yeah. even 7 or 8. And I'm fine to go to bed at 10 or 11. Yes. Um, yeah. It's never really affected me that much, thankfully. But yeah, I don't know. That's awesome. Mine kind of scares me because I have had days, or a day, excuse me, not days, where I had eight cups of coffee and still slept like a baby. Uh, oh my so gosh. I don't know if I just have an <laughs> extreme tolerance to it oh or Lord. what. This was like several I'm glad you're alive. Ago. Yeah, I am fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I can have a, uh, I can go without and be completely fine. Um, I just recently experienced the headache thing like you were talking about, Easton. But yeah. I think it was because of what I was eating, not necessarily the coffee. But again, I, I haven't been on any kind of journey to find out whether it's this, this, or this, like you were talking about, McLean. Uh, it, it's a long process to try and figure out and eliminate what things could be. Um, yeah. it, I'm fascinated to get into your job because I live in a day-to-day -day of thinking of the what-ifs about a lot yeah. of things. <laughs> so I see your anxiety. I honor it. Let's go for it. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, we're just excited to have you here talking about um, your life as a, as a producer. So uh, part of our show is is we want to just learn more. We have we both have a – all three of us, I know we love just learning about new things and um, 
And so part of the journey and, and mission of the, of the podcast is to just kind of explore random topics. And um, so for, I know a lot of our listeners are in their college years where they're starting to explore different avenues of their, their own artistry. Um, and we also have some people who are um, just artists in specific fields already and, and are just wanting to, to learn more like we are. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're just here to kind of talk about that and, and it's sort of a day in the life and um, sort of casual conversation about what you do. Uh, but we always love to start with um, with how you got into this world. Uh, a lot sure. of us as artists have um, a moment in time, uh, whether it's like a, a moment or a, an event in particular or an idea or something. Um, like maybe you call it a spark, whatever. Uh, yep. it's, it's a catalyst, a catalyst moment that, that led you to choose your path as an artist. So, so what was that for you if, if you have one in particular? Sure. So, so one that stands out to me in particular is uh, it's my senior year of high school. Uh, and I don't like class. Like I don't, I'm, I did not, I would not necessarily say that I was academically minded. I don't think I would even say that I was smart. I think I was street smart. Like I, I wouldn't, I knew don't walk down that street at that time, yeah. Yeah. but it wasn't like the academic side of it where, um, like I enjoyed learning Latin or mm. was a good trigonometry. It's just like that, not my thing. Yeah. And, um, which is fine. You know, I think for a lot of people it's like that. And I think, um, I could go down a whole rabbit trail of the idea that, um, the current school system isn't necessarily supporting, um, a 20th. 21st century lifestyle, mm. but that's, you know, that's a whole rabbit trail. Yeah. But I do remember that my senior year, second semester, my best friends and I decide that we're going to take a film elective class. And it was just going to be a joke, a time for that we can all goof off and hang out. And uh, like my friends were funny dudes. Like one is a professional comedian out in, uh, in LA. Uh, another is like a copywriter in Atlanta who does improv and stand up on the side, like doing a great job. And like, um, they, like, they're getting paid to be funny. Like that's the, that's the big part of it. <laughs> and so like we get in this class and we're having an absolute blast. But what I realize is it's one of the first times that I can experience the state of flow and flow, mm. meaning like I lose track of time. Yeah. I'm not paying attention to it. Like I'm just in it and I'm learning and like, it is fun. It's exciting. It's different. And, uh, I loved every second of it. And I remember once the semester ended um it it was like okay well i guess i'm gonna be a doctor accountant or lawyer like those mentally <laughs> those are my yeah. three options it's not that i had parents who were like hey like you have to pick one of these yeah. three but i'm like okay well if i want to make money and make a life like this is these are my options yeah. so i just got to pick one and and so um i remember getting to college and seeing a dude running around with a video camera and I casually just went up, started talking to him and ended it saying, Hey, well, listen, if, if there's anything I could ever do to help, like, let me know. And that was, that was it. Like the mm. nail was in the coffin at that point. And <laughs> he gives me a call like a month later. He's like, Hey, can you come produce this thing for me? And I say, yeah, what is producing? Uh, which is still a great question. Cause uh, <laughs> the, the role is very loose. Yes. Um, and uh, that was, I would think I was just 18 uh, at the time mm -hmm. when I started producing some stuff for him. And like we would do small commercials and things that he'd pick up along the way. I remember I cashed in this check for 150 bucks and I was like, I am living the life. Like, this is <laughs> it. This is yeah. pinnacle right yeah. now. 
And um, and so that and now that's like half my grocery bill. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can get Chipotle with guac, and that's a big deal. Yeah. Right. And that's, yes. <laughs> and so I, I um like that started, and um, the next year uh, got a job working on a on a movie. Uh, that took me into like the post-production learning about like the marketing process, which mm. led me to flying out to LA and like all across the mm. country doing red carpets, um, which then like it took me to New Orleans to work as a production coordinator on TV shows back to Birmingham uh, to to then just be like a full producer. And so I've that's what I've been doing essentially the past decade. Yeah. And um, wow. and I feel like something that is worth clarifying because the role is so loose and the term producer mm. might get thrown around a lot is yeah. essentially what I would consider a producer to be is the one who handles all the logistics of the creative. Um, mm. So mm. you come to me with an idea. I tell you, hey, this is how much it's going to cost. This is who you should call. This is uh, how long it's going to take. Like that's essentially my yeah. job and yeah. um, <laughs> a, a glorified project manager. Um, but also yeah. I, I maybe even say this is like I'm a contractor. Um, so a general mm. contractor is the guy who you call if you want to build a house. Uh, he knows a guy who knows a guy. Uh, he knows like how much something's going to cost, how long it's going to take. I just kind of have to arbitrary know these things, and it just takes reps. Um, so mm, that yeah. essentially to me is what a producer is. This, the guy who's handling all the logistics of the mm. the filmmaking process. Yeah. I, I love that uh, you relate it as like general contractor. That, that makes a lot of yeah, sense like of, of being the, the person managing the logistics of the creative. That's yeah. a great way to concisely put it. Um, I, I saw also in your in your bio and in your website you you are a video and print producer. Mm -hmm. um, oh, cool! And I'd love to know like sort of uh, what a, a day in the life looks like, whether whether it be print projects or video or, or both yeah. or either or sort of uh, if if somebody was um, if you went to go talk to a production one hundred and one class and you're yeah. like, what do you do? What would that? What would you say to them? Oh man, um, I think the beautiful thing about what I do is it's never the same thing twice. Um, the rules are the same. Like mm. I'm going to be doing the same tasks and the same items, but it's with yeah. different people. It's with different creative. Like uh, in the essence, like you can you can spin this around. If you're gonna learn a show, um, like a musical, you know, I, I'm not sure the process and the technicality, but I could guess. It's like, all right, you're probably gonna first learn your lines, and then like, <laughs> all right, what like what are how do you sing the music, and then how does that work as an ensemble? Then you might start just like running it without blocking your choreography. Then you'll add mm -hmm. that in, right? It's like there's processes and there's stages to it, but it's not mm -hmm. the same thing. Like you're not gonna be yeah. doing uh, a kickball change or like jazz hands like every single time for every single yeah. show in the same place. Yeah. It, it just it changes, and that's sort of the same thing. My day to day okay. week is is very similar to that, which is why I love the job. And it is you know today I was in a voiceover session for radio spots. Uh, for a Mexican restaurant for like two hours. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to be downtown Orlando scouting potential locations that we're going to be filming in for uh, a photo shoot that we have in June. Um, mm. You know, um, later this week, it's it's more, it's recording TV voiceovers uh, and then managing an editing project and then scoping and giving estimates to, you know, all these other projects that I've got going on. So at any time, I'm like, I have eight to 12 projects that I'm kind of just juggling and are at different mm -hmm. stages of the process, uh, whether it's like we're planning it, we're shooting it, or we're, we're editing it. Um, so, and then to get to your point of like print versus, versus video is like, um, you know, if you, if you go to a restaurant and you see really beautiful food, um, you know, someone took time to photograph that 
And then what is the process of looking like? And if you knew how artificial a lot of that was, it would be shocking. <laughs> but it's very true is that, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an art. And there's people who have been doing it for decades uh, mm. who, who have crafted it in such a way. But they're the ones, you know, I'm either making, I'm making the things that you see. Uh, see in yeah. here, right? And so maybe it's print, maybe it's a video, maybe it's a YouTube ad, maybe it's a, um, a billboard, you know, wh whatever it is. It could be different for the different objectives, but that's in essence mm. what it is. Yeah. Mm. So so going from 18-year-old yes. you seeing yeah. the guy with a, with a camera and having this idea of, oh, I can make money doing this cool sure. thing and just like sure. make the thing happen. Yeah. Um, as you now are... are doing the thing, making a little bit more, I, I am sure, than $150 for Chipotle, you know? Um, now, that, now that you're doing it, like, in the big leagues, yeah. what, are, what are some things about maybe the industry or the job itself that um, were a surprise to you that you maybe didn't know looking from the outside? Yeah, um, I'm going to dial this in and specifically, like, talk to um, the talent side of it because I feel like that's probably, uh, I would guess, like, a larger portion of, of the people that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. is um, the reason some people get cast uh, and some people don't can be arbitrary. It could be the stupidest mm. reasons. It could make no sense at all. But sometimes it happens. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, uh, whether it is, um, you know, it, it's pulling back the curtain with this stuff, but it's like, it could be, as frank as as frank as it is it could be like the social media account like how many followers do they have uh mm. it could be do they know someone uh it could be um they're not as tall as this other person who we really want to use and so we need to figure out the height difference and i'm saying that in all elements it could be anything and mm -hmm. um yeah. and it's a closed door kind of conversation as to why that happens because sometimes it could be grounds for a lawsuit and like mm. you, like that's that's just like the frank, as frank of the matter. And so it sucks when you pour your heart out into this, when you take time to learn your lines, when you do character studies, uh, when you drive you know, an hour for the audition and are told no, mm. like sometimes it's like, hey, it turns out they weren't actually casting anyone. They just had mm. to do it for formalities. And it's like yeah. a very legitimate thing that happens <laughs> yep. all the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oy. I'm sitting here yeah, knowing right. everything, everything that I've, no, it's, it's, it, I know the reality of it, but it's, it's to the point that I've heard people before say that they've known people not to get the role because the casting director was like, it looked too much like an, uh, they looked too much like an ex I had in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, and That's not my fault, but thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, I think something that a, a pro of it all is I think back to mm -hmm. a, I think it was Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, being interviewed by Tim Ferriss. Um, and mm -hmm. he was talking about the process of like, he was super frustrated with his career. And uh, his, a mentor of him, uh, a mentor of his said, hey, go take acting 101 again, uh, like a commercial <laughs> acting 101 class. And it's like, from that point, he booked like several five figure jobs, like in a row <laughs> and like just started killing it. And wow. his attitude totally flipped. And I think an important thing, especially because commercials much more in my world than yeah. uh, theatrical or film or TV is um, learn, uh, you know, the brand, the commercial, the brand that you're auditioning for um, has really cultivated who they're talking to and they've put a lot of thought into it. Um, and yeah. so look back into past ads 
what have mm. they done? Mm. What kind of shots have they have they gotten before? What kind of characters or personas are they kind of looking to embody? Uh, if they're looking for a specific look, um, you know, wh- what is that look? Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and I think a really important part of this process is recognizing the influence that the subconscious has on on decision making, even if it's mm. split second decision making. Yeah. Um, recognizing, um, hey, the way that they speak might not necessarily. They, it might signify something. So Easton, you were even yeah. talking to me about how I sit and have like a lot of vocal fry. I mean, I remember mm. like months ago. And yeah. so it's like, it's so true. And I recognize that. And what it does is like, it does make me feel like I'm sounding more casual or like more mm. laid back. But is that also, you know, noting that, mm. is that what I want to communicate to an audience? And so something like that, yeah. even that what you communicate to me, uh, it sits and I'm like, because subconsciously I am influencing and impacting in a way that is saying something saying mm. like, maybe it's a little more laid back. And if you know me at all, it's like, I really don't have much chill. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> not like a, like a chill guy I would consider. And so it's antithetical almost for me to be using a chill voice. But it's trusting. Yeah. yeah. It's trusting yeah. to some people. They would yeah. be like, Oh, he seems pretty chill. So yeah. we work with him. So right. yeah. It, it has its pros and cons, yes. and, for sure. And similar to an actor, you have to, I think, at least be intentional with it. Is like, yep. if I'm if I'm gonna sit back here, then I need to at least show it's like, oh, hey, maybe I'm I'm doing this so that flags don't go up for something else. If mm-hmm. I come in and sound very pro- pro- presentational, <laughs> professional, whatever, it's like there's already a lot of things wrong with that. Uh, mm, but yeah. it's I think it also gives flags in a, in a yeah, different way. Um, for sure, makes sense. Yeah. Vocal health is incredibly important. Sometimes you get tired, you get allergies, you get overworked, and your voice suffers, which can really put a damper on your work as a singer, actor, or even public speaker. Vocal Mist can help with that. It's a portable nebulizer that uses an isotonic saline to make a cool mist that you inhale. It's been research proven to help the voice stay hydrated and working well. The Vocal Mist Portable Nebulizer is a fast and easy way to keep your vocal cords healthy, give you better vocal stamina, and can mitigate damage from overuse. I have one of my own that I absolutely love, and if you use your voice in your artistic endeavors, I can't recommend this enough. Use the affiliate link in the show notes and get your Vocal Mist Portable Nebulizer today. It's it's such uh, an odd thing when the, the work that you do is based on um, personality vulnerability it's it's a weird balance to strike especially for um for people like me and austin who come from the world of theater mm-hmm. going like so, some of my friends are, are very much they, they make most of their money doing commercial work mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and that's just something that's so outside of my purview at the moment because it's just it's a different animal and yeah so that's that's super interesting and i love i love those insights um sort of a, a different side of that coin um maybe not the flip side because i feel like it's more than a two-sided coin but sure. um <laughs> what what are it, what are some aspects of the industry that um are 
maybe actively changing right now. Um, we were talking earlier about AI and, and uh, before I think it was before we started recording, but talking about yeah, AI so. editing softwares. And so, so what are some things, maybe, maybe it's AI, maybe it's some, some trends as we enter into the social media digital age or yeah. uh, like political movements, anything. What, what are some things that are really changing that for somebody who's coming into the field or um, somebody who's thinking about it would need to know like, hey, keep an eye on this. This is a fast changing thing. Yeah. Um, the biggest impactor of it is certainly AI. Um, mm. When I, I was talking with a photographer friend of mine um, who, um, you know, we're, we were paying him well for like a, a, a big shoot that's coming up. And he just casually mentions to me, he's like, hey, if you're looking for a director ever, let me know. And I said, oh, you, like, do you do that? And he said, no, but I'm trying to. I was like, why? And he was explaining. He's like, I think in five years, uh, my job will be obsolete. Um, mm. I think that I could be hired to photograph an individual person or an individual space, uh, but you know, just generic. Hey, we need this of my energy drink that I have. Um, you know, AI can do it just as good, if not better, mm. and at a fraction yeah. of the cost. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the the biggest side of it. And he's like, in five years my job will be obsolete in 10 years. I at least have another 10 years as a director. Yeah, and then, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe after that, <laughs> the, the biggest part of it, I, I heard it put really well in a podcast called the all in podcast. Um, there are a bunch of, um, um, venture capitalists. So like very successful businessmen who are talking about things that are happening at this time. But one of the things that they said with AI is that it, we're really in a sandstorm right now. Like if we look around, we don't know which direction to go. And it's mm. because every week it's changing dramatically. New tools yeah. are coming out where, hey, you can make a Wes Anderson styled video uh, <laughs> just by yeah. typing in a couple prompts. Yeah. And it's yeah. decent. It, like that's the scary yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like there's some um, burger and pizza commercials that like ha have – aspects where it's like th this is not made by a person because like the way that they're eating the pizza is like their mouth like reaches two <laughs> feet to grab the bite of pizza but oh like 80 percent of it is pretty good and yeah. it's better than some of the other things that you might see out there right now mm. and For once sure. they can get over like that 20 percent it's like yeah. you know and, and you got to turn like in, in my mind it's like you kind of follow the money with this is like why mm. would a uh, client pay a quarter million dollars for a 30 second commercial when they could get, you know, 30 commercials or 300 commercials, 3000. I, I have no idea for that same price. And yeah. that's the, that's the crazy part right now is um, there's a lot of things that are going to be automated with AI. Um, mm -hmm. And in one respect, there is an economist back in the nineties who was talking about the invention of computers and what he said was essentially the biggest challenge that we're going to have with the in introduction of personal computers is what are we going to do to fill all this leisure time? Mm -hmm. And uh, as we can kind of see in our, our lives okay. and what you were talking about if, earlier is that like even as creatives, like we're all like booked and it is hard and we have filled that time to the brim. Mm. Um, and it, that that didn't necessarily happen because... Uh, what we did was ultimately because it made our work more efficient, we became more productive. We were able to get more done in less time. Mm -hmm. With AI, a similar conversation comes around is perhaps it is that we 
we leverage AI to be able to speed up our time and to make ourselves mm -hmm. more efficient and to, you know, then put more work on our plate. That's just in a different way. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe it's the other side. Maybe it truly is, uh, you know, that we're going to be in a position where we instead have to figure out what we're going to do with all this time. And I think, um, I think of a, of a quote where it's, um, I don't know, some saint said it, but the idea is like, love God and do as you please. And, mm. uh, the idea is like, if you love God, then you will, um, you know, not murder people. You're not going to steal. You're not going to, uh, you know, cheat. Um, but when you do as you please, then it's like, what, what are the passions that have been stitched inside your heart? Do those things mm. and, and follow that. And, um, you know, I think it's a sign that we have been uniquely equipped to do, um, to do what we've been called to do. And hopefully we've been able to find that those things that resonate mm. and, mm. uh, you know, ideally the, the dream is to make a, make money also doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a, yeah. AI is scary, but it's, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I think I was telling you before the show started, it's like, it, it's this balance of, it makes me want to really lean into it and figure out how mm. we can leverage AI to make more videos and better videos. And, yeah. uh, but also it makes me want to go buy a farm in the middle of nowhere and just live off the grid <laughs> and enjoy that. And, yes. uh, you know, it's, it's a weird place to be. Um, yep. And so it, as long as there's a healthy respect about it. And yeah. I think if you are coming in with the growth mindset of mm -hmm. how was this going to impact me because it will, um, you know, yeah. I, th I think you'll, you'll be able to, to make it out. Yeah. We, it's funny It's funny that we kind of went down that path because we actually two days ago just recorded an episode on AI yeah. uh, in different arts industries, which I think will come out two weeks after this one. So mm, if you're listening exactly. to it when it comes out, scoot on <laughs> no, over to, the, to an episode in a couple weeks and yeah. we'll <laughs> talk more about exactly that. Um, it, it's scary, but it's exciting yeah. and it can be some really cool tools ahead and some jobs will probably become obsolete. And I, I, I always go back to... You were talking about like one day, this will. Um, there's going to be a day where where the limitations that twenty percent gap will be filled. Yeah. And for me, I think of it as like as long as Uncanny Valley, that that effect is still occurring in in what AI is creating. I think we will still not be replaced. But I think yeah. once once AI can overcome that odd effect of this, their mouths shouldn't move that far to get to the burger. You know, like <laughs> yeah. once once they get over that, I, I mean. Not game over. New game. New yeah. game. Yeah. New game. Um, Restart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. Um, so to kind of pivot into a happier direction sure, and, a, and yeah. a less a less a less <laughs> foreboding <laughs> direction. <laughs> um, I I love uh, in in your bio you you highlight your belief that everyone has a unique story to tell and and you love that part of your job is helping people tell that story or maybe kind of guide them uh, into the the methods in which they can tell that story so i'd love to know maybe some some stories or little anecdotes or maybe um some of your favorite aspects of helping artists and brands tell those stories yeah um so i remember uh back it was like march april 2020 i realized uh you know world shuts down production shut down and um i think along with most of us are just like what's about to happen like what's what's going on mm. and um i remember a buddy of mine uh gives me a gives me a ring he's like hey you know what's this like show me like tell me about tiktok a little bit and i was like <laughs> i don't I, mean, I don't really know much about it and so we start talking and then like i kind of ask his plans he's moving from brooklyn back home with his parents uh he's a, he was an actor up there and um 
and trying to really, you know, make it, you know, that's in so many, that's the dream for so many people. And, Mm. um, and so like, we kind of hang up the phone after talking for a while and he shoots me a text maybe the next day. He's like, Hey, what do you think about managing me? And I was like, uh, I'm good. You know, I like I'm probably gonna be back on set in like two weeks from now, you know, thanks for it. And then two weeks later I was like, you know what? Like, okay, let's do this. Like (laughs) nothing's happening. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like let's have some fun. Anyways, it it was a really cool and it's like such a blessing, uh, a a unique opportunity uh, to be able to help him just kind of grow and, and realize the potential in his career by leveraging things that are going on. And so, you know, TikTok was blowing up at that time. And so what we did was like, we just like kind of came up with a strategy to really double down on that. Uh, what does that look like? And and it was it was bonkers. And like he had some great hits that had millions and millions of, mm. of views. And I remember um, it like it happened in one month, maybe two months, where it was like half a million followers on TikTok. Uh, signed with one of the biggest agencies in Atlanta. Um, got a uh, brand partnership with Burger King. Did a photo shoot with Coke. Landed huh. a uh, a gig, oh uh, like a, a role, a, like a featured role in uh, Atlanta. And then some, wow. some other show on Fox, I think, called The Resident. Like all within like a two, three, mo- like one or two month period where it was just zero to wow. 100 so fast. Where it's That's like awesome. you're able to make it as an actor. And <laughs> uh, that to me like was so cool just to be able to like, hey, like you have these capabilities in you. Um, unfortunately now as an actor most of the time it is not just your abilities that are going to get you the job Um, Mm. it's like all the things that are added to that so for instance as an actor you don't have to just think about like the the character and like how am i going to deliver these lines you now also have to think um is my camera set up in the right place is um, is my lighting good is my audio clean now i have to go edit this you know maybe i'm going to put some color on it too um, clean up the audio and then also think about marketing you know how who do I need to meet how do I need to meet them like yeah. uh, what should I post on social media the, all these like weird things where your job is no longer your job and so it's nice yeah. to be able to like have the resource to be able to just focus on your main thing and I think yeah you know the, one of the most important things you can do is to keep the main thing the main thing unfortunately it's hard to do that when you also have all these obligations, other obligations that if you let slip, then they're going to fall through the cracks and balls are going to start getting dropped. Um, mm. And it's an unfortunate side of it, which you know I think is, is helpful to be able to, um, you know, to leverage that extra help if possible or to, um, you know, develop the, the right skills for it or, um, you know, what do I need to do? What's the fastest way for me to get from A to Z? Um, and what does B look like essentially? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a lot, it depends on every career. It depends on what you want to do. Um, but it is, it's very much of like, um, that, that to me at least was a really cool opportunity and where I felt like I get to, got to really hop in and yeah. help, you know, show what was possible. Um, yeah. and I, I feel like I get to do that on a daily basis, but maybe that's one that's more driven like by data. Um, yeah like you get to sit there and see the result happen right in front of you what a gift that's so cool it's really neat that's really awesome Mm -hmm. um well i got i got two other little things for you um both are questions that we always ask guests when they come on um one is that for a lot of artists we found a way to monetize our passions 
And when your primary source of income is your passion, sometimes yeah. it can be draining to, to do the work that you love to do. And so we always like to ask artists what um, one of your unmonetized hobbies or yeah. your life-giving hobbies are. So I guess in other words, like what's a way in which you fill your artistic well that doesn't involve what you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I think two things for me. Um, one, reading, and I think two, exercise. I think those two mm-hmm. things like really just keep you fresh and keep you growing in, in different ways that you're not used to. That's actually an interesting question because one of my theories is that if you are a professional creative, then you you probably have another side hobby that you're equally passionate about, but you don't want to monetize. Yeah. So like um, there's a, there's a, one of the most talented editors I know also went to culinary school. Um, hmm. One of the, yeah, right. Um, That's awesome. One of the um, directors I used to work with who made movies uh, would flip his house after every movie and just start fresh and, and I mean, it's like yeah, yeah wow. you can do it uh and it's like you have these itches that you want to scratch yeah. and um so i think it's also really good to be able to have that other vice and yeah i'm in a unique position where it's like i don't i i think i am a creative but i'm not um i work in a creative field more than i am a creative mm. um and so it's like okay. i i'm okay also not having that artistic thing because I, th- I feel like it would be, um, I-, I think I'd put almost too much pressure on myself to where it mm. wouldn't be a hobby. It would just be like um, an expectation or it would feel like a waste of time in some in some ways. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't love that, but I think perhaps it's just the stage of life that I'm in to where it's like I have to allocate more my time uh, responsibly to be able to, you know, move from my A to B, you know, wh- whatever, yeah. where that next step is for me. And yeah. so... Um, you know, I think if if you can steward it well, then you should absolutely think about what that is for you. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that. And I'm, I'm hoping my my dream in my head is that somebody is listening and is like, that's the one I've always wanted to try. I'm going to throw myself into that. And then it just becomes their thing. So yeah. if that's you, if you've just decided you're going to start a life of reading books constantly, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's awesome. So, so to sort of close out that conversation, uh, what would you tell someone who wants to break into the film or print industry or wants to become a producer themselves? What's, what is your little elevator pitch or maybe word of advice for them? Yeah. Um, I think my biggest advice would be to not think about it, but just to start something. And mm. I say that because I think what ends up happening is we put a lot of pressure on ourselves that this thing that we want to do that's up here, um, we build it and we're like, okay, well one day, and then you feel like you're not ready. And, and then you get to that point and maybe you achieve it and you enjoy it for a little bit, but then you ask what's next. And mm-hmm. what, what gave you that limp of happiness, um, was really satisfying chasing that goal and being able to achieve it. Um, I think it still leaves you with at the end of the day, this, uh, this emptiness to a degree where it's like you realize that the things that you do aren't necessarily um, the things that are going to make you happy, maybe in the short term. Um, but I think it's important to, to remember that um, we're not physical beings living in a spiritual world. We're spiritual beings living in a physical world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's like the things that are beyond work, the beyond the things that we're doing actively um, mm-hmm. as, as a profession are the most important things that we can be doing. 
I mm. think um, it's like if you want to, if you want to get into film, then go pick up a camera, go get on a film set and just try every job. And you're yeah. going to figure out pretty quickly what you like and what you don't like. And rather than wasting yeah. a lot of time uh, being like, I want to do this. And then five years later, you get a chance to do it. And you're like, ah, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it speeds up the process a good bit to where you can actually just try it. If you think yeah. that you want to be a director, go make something, go write something and make it and just call on your friends, you know, to, to play the roles for you. If you want to act, like go write something for yourself and like, and film it, like just, you know, take the initiative to go try it because it, it almost hurts worse when you try it and you're like, ah, I didn't love that. I didn't love it as much as I thought I did. Um, mm. Because then you can get out of it pretty quickly. Yeah. I, I say it like a small anecdote. It's like I, I spent some time in radio in college. And it's like, I'm really glad I did because there for a little bit, I thought I wanted to make it a profession. But then I'm like, this, this is kind of not the gig. You know, waking up at 4 a.m. every day <laughs> and like talking to nobody, talking to essentially an empty room. <laughs> Uh, yep. And then like hyping up celebrity gossip. It was just like, yeah, this is not what I want to do. But rather than spending <laughs> five years like working in promotions and like trying to get your way up to the top, it's instead yeah. like, no, like I'm going to I'm going to figure this out really fast. Like, what is a way I can just try it? And if it works, great. And like you love it, just keep going. But if not, you can cut your losses. And mm. so my biggest advice would just be try it. Try a lot of things and see what you like, see what you don't like. And you figure it out along yeah. the way. Um, yeah. I also think with a little pin in it, I don't think we also ever like achieve it. Like, I think mm. we have this idea of like success and like what that looks like to us. Yeah. And I think the, the further and further you get in your career and the more opportunities you have, like it, it's great for a moment, but at the same time, it, it is also kind of fleeting. And, mm. you know, you said, I'm not sure like what your experience is like, but, I know with the Voices of Liberty, it's like, that's a big freaking deal. Like one of the most elite uh, vocal groups in the world. And I'm sure like at, at the moment that you got it, you're like, no freaking way. Um, and, and I'm also sure, you know, I, I would assume, I would assume, I'm not going to say I'm sure. I would assume that at some point in this journey that you've been able to practice and rehearse and perform, that you're also like, okay, well, like what I want to do now? Like this has yeah. been my dream for such a long time now what no absolutely i think everything that you have said all of all of the the anecdotes that you've offered just now apply to every single industry to every single artist no matter where they are just try it like just do the thing yeah. Yeah. um don't worry about just achieving because no absolutely like like that i i am i'm sure that so many people that listen now can relate like the, when you book your first professional gig or when you get that first check or when you, you get into that theater you've been wanting for, or you get that job at a theme park that you've been wanting for years, you know? Like, there's always that thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a human trait in general is yeah. just to have your sights set on this thing of, of making making it or, or yeah. getting to that place. But the place doesn't exist. It's it's this, it's this fleeting. Like, I think that's yep. the best word for it, like you said, is fleeting. Yeah, sure. and I think that, um, that happiness is correlated with progress for for a lot mm. of us. And so you have the satisfaction going from 10th grade to 11th grade. It's like, yeah, I, all right, I'm moving. Uh, like then 12th to college, it's like, okay, I did it. And then after you graduate, it's like, okay, well, where are you gonna work? Like, what are you doing? And you're like, mm -hmm. I got, I have something. I can say that I'm, I'm going <laughs> and doing this thing. Yeah. And yeah. then like, maybe it's like, after that, it's like, okay, 
maybe you get married like maybe it's a kids after that but then there's kind of a, like what next is like you mm -hmm. don't necessarily have like that same mapped out trajectory for you that you've had throughout your entire life yeah instead it's like you kind of got to make it so yeah. what are those things that you want to pursue and do mm -hmm. and i think um and i think it when you have those things that you're working toward i think it gives you the sense of purpose and sense of belonging um to where it's like i'm i'm actively working to make this happen and you know if if you are able to just um like i can think of like all these retired guys who came out of retirement because they weren't happy anymore it's like it, like right they've been working for 40 years and you're like ah like it, it wasn't for me and like, i think i think a lot of people like that um to where if finding those things that make you feel like you're continuing to progress and not mm -hmm. necessarily mm -hmm. sitting in a point to where it's like one i'm i'm i like, this is it i do think you should be content and i think it's like it's yeah. okay to also like push yourself for something and have goals but it's like at the same time it's like a great place to be to where like i'm happy and i don't need anything else nothing else is going to make me happy like yeah you know i think um there's also an important distinction where happiness is an external thing and joy is an internal thing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so happiness is circumstantial uh, joy is internal e e i would e i would say eternal as well mm. um Ooh. and that you know i don't think that so when i'm saying that happiness is is correlated with progress you know i think it's different from joy and i think it, it they're used synonymously a lot but i think that it's important to to have that distinction that they're not the same thing and mm -hmm. um so i i yeah uh, anyways i kind of bring that back around to say um having having those things that you want to try and moving from A to B, um, I think ultimately allows you to be able to feel the sensation of progress. And I think when you mm. feel that sensation of progress, you feel like you're doing something and achieving something. And I think when you're, you're feeling those things, you feel like your life is moving in a good direction. You're feeling this momentum. And I think a lot of times it's like when you feel happy, that like you, you've, you've been accomplishing these things. Um, and uh, you know, it's also, the flip side of everything is like you it's also learning to be content and um that that's also an equally challenging part and maybe to even sum it up and <laughs> yeah. bring it all back around i know for you all coffee you know austin you can have six cups of coffee a day at 6 p.m <laughs> and go so to bed easily, of, but yes i can't right so yeah. each one of us is drastically different and Gross. right yeah. and i think it's recognizing what are the things that work for me because yeah. there's not a one solve for everybody it's like you really just got to experiment and try all sorts of different things to see what works like if you're struggling getting things done it's like you know try different practices keep a to-do list keep a calendar you know i could i could go into detail on that but it's like try it and mm -hmm. see if it works for you if it does great keep doing it if it doesn't mm -hmm. great move on to the next thing and yeah. uh, i think acknowledging each one of us is unique and mm -hmm. allowing that um to be a constant reminder as we're learning in life and as we're figuring this all out together. Yeah, hundred percent. I like it. Print that out, bind it, it sell it, put it in Barnes and Noble, all of that. <laughs> Love that. We'll That's advertise awesome. it as one size fits all shirts. <laughs> yes, put right. one size the does not fit. Entire transcription <laughs> of this episode on a shirt. <laughs> Love it. Well, let's talk about the coffee slash kombucha. Yeah, McLean, what? Please. What? I don't think we 
talked about what kind of kombucha it was. Right? I think it's hum. Hum kombucha. Hum? Yeah. Hum? And this is, I love this uh, koozie. It's a Creatorade. Uh, nice. <laughs> instead of Gatorade. So it's fun. That's awesome. Uh, I'm having the strawberry blossom hum kombucha. It's Whole30 approved. And let me tell you nice, what. It nice. has 30 calories. So that's about it. Okay. It's, it's good. There you it's go. Nice. That's it. Yeah. Kombucha is a foreign thing to me, so it. I had it once, and I will never have it again. I don't think. Mm. Well, there you go. We'll never say never. Maybe, maybe later in life, but it's not my thing right now. Who knows? What did you think of the coffee, Easton? I really enjoyed it. I'm not gonna lie. I also definitely had some of this uh, when we first got it because I couldn't wait. Um, (laughs) We tried to wait to taste it for the first time on the show, but I could not wait. Anyway, I I did love it. Such a lovely gift, and I was like, I want it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I loved it. I got uh, it was. I definitely got the nuttiness. I think I think we have found through the show that that our favorite coffees are like medium lightish medium roast, roast nuts. with nutty notes, and mm-hmm. this was definitely that. So I really oh, yes. enjoyed this this blend. Um, was it blend? Yeah, it was blend. Yeah, yeah blend. the artist's blend. The artist's blend. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I loved it. Um, I will honestly definitely be buying this again and oh, yes. probably trying other Endeavor. Uh, coffees and well who knows there could be something with endeavor in the future we're, we're working on that yeah. with kevin um well thank you everyone for listening uh as we've mentioned with our uh, affiliate links and the potentials therein uh leave us some reviews on anywhere you're listening yeah. apple music or spotify we'd love to hear from you guys mm-hmm. um if you want to support the show we also have our buy me a coffee if not we appreciate you listening that's a great way to mm-hmm. support we appreciate McLean joining us today. It's been a wonderful uh, small window into what you do and who you are. Yeah, so thank, thank you very you so much. much for sharing. Uh, and as always with our guests, we want you to send everybody out with our famous phrase. Why don't you take it away, McLean? Be good beans and have good beans. Yeah. Yeah. See you later. Bye, everybody. Artists Blend theme music was written and produced by Christopher and Sarah Bailey of Well Wishes Productions, a Nashville-based boutique production company specializing in multimedia production, live event contracting, studio, and live vocals. Find Incognita's infamous adventures on Amazon Prime and its soundtrack on all digital platforms.